that be our hearts, Lord God. Just seek him for a moment. Just seek him for a moment. Just seek him for a moment, just the way you need to seek him. Just close your eyes. Just abandon every other thing in your mind and just allow the presence of God just to be with you, the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you worship him more than anything else, that you want to be with God. You just want to spend time with him. We want to worship you, Lord God. We are made whole in our worship of you, Lord God, because we were made for worship. We were made to be with you, Lord God, to worship you. We live, Lord God. What we don't understand is that everything that we do is worship unto you, Lord God. The way we parent, the way we love our neighbors, the way we work, Lord God, the way we sing, Lord God, the way we hug, Lord God. I pray all that to be worship unto you. So one last time, to worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. Just break out of your bubble just a little bit. Just push a little bit more. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. That's who I am, that's what I'm made for one last time. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Just no music, just the voice is final. This is our last statement. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Just let the Holy Spirit just, just take a moment. Take a moment. God, we give you a moment this morning. Father, we thank you for this moment. We worship you, God. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Greet the person next to you as you guys are seated. What's up? I like your Christmas shirt. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Man, there is a sweet presence of God in this place. It's probably too high. Sometimes we need the peace of God, don't we? Sometimes we're so, everything's so 
hustle, that we just need the peace of God to be on our hearts. I'm going to read uh, something over you guys. And it's just John 17, 3. And he says this. All right, John 17, 3. All right. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I love, I love what the Bible says there that John wrote. This is eternal life, that they may know you. See, a lot of times we think salvation is this moment of going to heaven, or we, we think salvation, how are we saved? We have to know the right things, right? Oh, you need to know the right information. But what Jesus never says, know the right information. He says, I want you to know me. I want you to know me. I, knowing God is it's salvation. Knowing God, walking with God, saying my life is his. And it doesn't all happen at once. If you look at the disciples, they, for a long time, they really didn't know Jesus that well. They said all sorts of crazy th stuff all throughout the gospels. But as they began to know who he was, finally, Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? Right? There was a moment of actually knowing. And they didn't really know all the way to the end. They're like, no one really spoke up. And of course, Peter speaks up because he always speaks up. There's one guy who always says something. That was Peter. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of living God. You are the Messiah. You are the, the one that the prophets have been talking about. So I wrote in here for me, salvation it is more than going to have, uh, going to heaven. Salvation is access to knowing God. When Jesus Christ came, and, and and we talk about the simple gospel, is that we have access to God. That what He had done on the cross uh, broke the barrier from between us and God. And now that we can know Him. We can know him as Adam knew God in the garden as he walked with him. Salvation is not a destination of eternity. Salvation is living in eternity now. Nothing about it, it is, it is, it, it is the, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. That's right. He, God wants his kingdom to come right now, and you're a part of it. And a lot of times we think salvation is understanding the right things. It's, not, it's far past the knowing the right answers. It is. You know the right answers. Now you're saying, no, you have to know. It's knowing God. To worship God, I live. I want to know you. I want to know the simple gospel. I want, to, I want to be with you. And there's moments where we know God and you can sense his presence. It's just different. We're not just singing songs of, I want to know you. No, you, you know him and there is a, a gladness of heart, a peace of heart of just being with him. Singing songs with him and just being in his presence. And I want you guys to know him. I want you guys to love him deeper than just a, an understanding of the right things, of, which is really important. But of course, it's walking with God and living out. This salvation walk with the rest of our lives, knowing him, trusting him with him, putting ourselves into weird, like hard situations sometimes, right? Because we want to know him, right? God, if you lead me this way, I'll do it. But pushing ourselves in the area of discomfort, pushing ourselves in the area of generosity to the people around us, where, it, where it's actually uncomfortable, right? Because we're living differently. We're not living for a comfortable Christianity that is just like, oh, that's good. No. 
I want to know you, God. And wherever that takes me, I'm okay with it because I would rather have you than anything else. That is the desire. I hope that is the desire of your heart. And as the guys, they're going to pass that around in just a moment. We are still doing together. We move mountains. And there's still a lot of envelopes up there. And, and I'm not pressuring you, but I absolutely am, right? In 2019, our goal is to hire someone for Hill City Church so that we can function in even in a greater way. And, all, uh, and some of you guys weren't here last week, so also if you, and some of you guys aren't on online, so that uh, understanding that the beginning of next year, we are moving as a church. We are going, yeah. We're going to be on 120th in York. We have a building there. We're going to, uh, in the beginning, on uh, January 6th, 2019, we will meet there at 1045. So prepare yourself, right, to get there, meet there, uh, invite people. And we want more people to know Jesus. That is our absolute desire. That is our desire. And that's what you're giving to. Also, you're giving to not only the launch of that new, uh, that new space that we're moving to, but we want to give more to missions than we ever have before. And what I mean by missions, we want to give to our African missionary, Elihu, who came to speak to us a couple of weeks ago. We want to give to our, 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 our missionaries that we want to support more people. And, and we want to give. We want this to be an outsource. We want to we move things out so the kingdom of God can come on earth as it is in heaven. And so that is our desire. Maybe that is the, that is the theme for next year. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And so please, like in your giving, if you're, if you're tithing, continue to tithe. If, if you can give a special uh, Christmas offering, next week is going to be the last time we're going to do it. Right? So if you have an envelope, bring it next week. And uh, we're going to get that uh, over with. But we're moving forward no matter what. God is with us. And we trust in him more than anything else. But let's pray. And uh, we're going to get today going. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, those who are being generous, Lord God. I pray open their mind's eye to those families who are going to be restored, Lord. People who are broken being made whole, Lord God. People who need you, Lord God. People who need just adequate, Lord, connections, Lord God. Spiritually, socially, relationally. That's why the church is here. We are holistically here to bring the kingdom of God down, Lord God. And I pray that be the desire of Hill City Church. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you guys in your giving. Thank you in your giving. Um, Just a couple of announcements. We have, next week we have uh, our Christmas uh, special with our kids. Our kids are going to be in here as well as we're going to have Santa. So if you have friends who need Santa pictures, it's going to be next week. We are going to have Santa pictures. Bring out your family. Bring out people. It's going to be professionally done. It's going to be beautiful. And, and if you were here last year, you know how nice they are. Then you can send out your cards of how perfect your family is, right? And there's those pictures that everyone looks perfect. And then there's the real pictures, right? About everyone crying. I feel like that that is the reality for many of us. Yeah, Heidi laughs. It's like, that's true. There's the fake pictures that they look photoshopped. And then there's the real pictures of our life where it's chaos. And you're like, you better smile. Or you say something like, if you smile, I'll give you ice cream, right, <laughs> to your little kids. Yeah, that's, yeah, you're like, I, I like when you're single, you say, I will never do that with my kids. When you're single, you don't have kids, so all those young marrieds or, or you're about to have kids, you, we, we say, oh, I'm never going to be that way. Man, just feel the pressure. Yeah, that's right. Feel that pressure. You feel that pressure? 
right? When you're in the grocery store, have you ever been in the grocery store and your kid's screaming and you're like, eat it, just eat it, give me the wrapper. <laughs> and, you, and you take the wrapper and you, you walk. I, I feel like that is the reality. We, we want to bring our real life out because we believe real people need Jesus in a real way. And the more real that we could be, the more honest we can be with our faith, we can reach our community, we can love our community. And that's what it means to be missional. But at this time, I, we have a special guest. Uh, he has been here many times, uh, but uh, just, uh, just to listen with us. Uh, but this is uh, Josh's mom and dad, uh, and uh, this is Alfred and Anne, and they, they're here uh, to speak to us today. And they're missionaries in Salt Lake City, Utah, and surrounding areas everywhere. But please give a hand uh, to Pastor Alfred Murillo. Yeah. God bless you guys. It is a joy to, to be back. And uh, my wife Anna and I have been ministering since uh, we got married. It's been over 28 years working together, serving God, doing what we can. I got to get adjusted to the round. I've got to be honest, in all the years that I've been ministering, I've never ever spoken in the round before. So I love this. This is really cool. And I just, yeah, thank you. Thank you. You normally don't do this. This is just for me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, we're really excited. As Pastor mentioned, we are missionaries in Salt Lake City, Utah. My wife was born and raised there, but we moved as a couple there in 94, have been serving that community and reaching into our people there. Now, uh, let me ask you to raise your hand. When you think of Utah, do you think of the best snow on earth? Raise your hand. Okay, Josh is the only one. Okay. Uh, when you think of uh, Utah, do you think of the Sundance Film Festival? Raise your hand. All right, so when you think of Utah, do you think of the LDS church? All right. So let me share with you. The reason I ask that is because of the reason that a lot of people automatically assume that as we as missionaries, we're there because we're trying to win the Mormons. Let me share with you a little bit about the community and the aspect of our ministry is that we help churches target into their communities. We help pastors reach in to finding out what their heart is to reach their local area. A lot of them are pastors that are in need by way of the communities in need. There's a lot of special things going on, tangible things as far as food, clothing, after-school programs, trying to reach out to see how they could do something because of all the crime and the issues that are going on. So a lot of the kids and the families that we work with are, some are LDS, but we got across the border. In one particular neighborhood, we have over 117 different languages. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about Spanish alone. How many countries are represented within the Spanish language. Okay, a lot of, see, I mentioned 117 languages, not countries. There are so many different people in the areas that we target. A lot of times, many, and many of the times that we focus are with kids that are Muslim, kids that are Hindu, kids that are Buddhist. We have a lot of them that are actually are polygamous. We have 150,000 known polygamous families that live in Utah. Now, again, with the LDS church currently, it is uh, illegal but if you understand the history of it, it, there's many that don't agree with that, and they still hold on to the old rule, and they have many, many, let me say it again, many kids, okay? And we've had the pleasure at times to be able to reach into some of those lives and to help out, especially with some particular ministries we partner with that are helping a lot of these polygamous families get out of that world and get out of that lifestyle. So it is a lot of partnership. Our ministry is called Synergy in Action. So synergy means to work together. 
but we have to add inaction because how many times you know that you've actually come together and then nothing happens, right? So we had to put inaction so that we know for a fact that if we're going to get together, if we're going to try to do something, something's got to come out of this. We can't just waste our time to just get together just to think and, and to hope for something and then nothing ever happens. We have to see something happen of this because we have a God that is ongoing, that is moving. We got to pursue and go from there. And so this is a a focus of our ministry is reaching out. We also host short-term mission groups we have throughout the years. This year we've done over 500 kids that have come from out of state to come and work with us, not only kids but adults as well. Uh, Plus we also do uh, high school school assemblies. Our first school that I spoke at was in 1995. And... Since then, we average about 40 different presentations a year, high school, middle school. God has just opened this huge door for us to work with the Department of Juvenile Justice, the gang unit, uh, the Attorney General's office, to see what we can do together. How can we make an impact in reaching some of the needs that our kids and our community have? And it wasn't that I came in with this huge degree and my wife came with this degree and the knowledge that we could do this. It was basically just meeting the needs of the people right in front of us. And as it started growing from there, one family after another, after another, things started taking off. As we focused on our ministry for about 10 years, then a lot of people came to us and said, hey, can you teach us what you were doing? How did that work for you? How does that going on for you? And then we pursued to see what we can do. And we, at the moment, are currently ongoing serving in that capacity. Now what's going on is that we're flying a lot out of state and helping. I was just sharing with Pastor that this summer we'll be helping a church in Fountain. I've been flying in and out of there, south of Colorado Springs, to do a big outreach there. And now we're going into Phoenix and just helping wherever we can to reach into the different communities and see how we can help. God is doing some big things, my friends. And I'm excited for you because I just was told that you guys are moving to a new location. You know, it's a beautiful thing, as I shared with some of the leaders earlier, that you guys are going into a new land, a new area. You might say, no, it's just down the street. But literally, it's a new place, a new community. And there is a church there that's currently partnering with you guys, allowing you to come into their facility to work together, where two or three gather. The Bible says very clearly, where two or three gather and work together, some great things are going to take place. And so as you start right now, start looking forward to what's about to take place. God is going to be doing some big things in those communities. So we start thanking God ahead of time. I'm excited for you because through the years, as Pastor mentioned, we've been coming and visiting our kids and seeing this. But as we've been coming, we've just seen how this ministry, this church has just blossomed and has grown. And now to hear the very fact that you guys are going into another location, targeting another neighborhood, this is exciting for us. For those of us that see the potential of what God is doing in you guys. I know you probably don't see it. You're like, oh, it's just us. We see each other all the time. It's like when we get the joy of seeing our grandson, Miles. When we get to see him, it's only once a month, maybe once every six weeks. But he looks so different every time we see him. He's growing so fast. When we come here and see what God is doing within you, that's the same way we see it. This thing is growing, you guys. You may not see it because you see it day to day. But it's literally growing. God's doing some big things among you. And I'm excited to see how me, we can partner on the outside praying for you guys, loving with you guys, visiting as we can to see what we can do to work together. Look, I am going to get into the Word of God. I only got so much time here. I want to just share with you something that I believe every culture, every scenario across the world is dealing with. The very thing that the angel came when he spoke to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. If you want to know the story of Jesus and the birth in Luke chapter... Okay, here we go. Luke chapter 2. Okay, I got got that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm catching on here. All right. All right. 
sorry that my back is to you guys, but just work with me here, okay? And so, uh, actually, um, we'll start from verse 6. Is Who's our video guy? Here we go. Okay, if you guys want, we'll start from verse 6, reading on top, and we're going to go to verse 10. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Verse 7. Oh, never not. Okay, here we go. I'm going to jump, actually, I'm going to jump to verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I want you to think about this. When he, the angel, when the angel came and shared with those shepherds and said to them, do not be afraid. I really believe the term do not be afraid was not just meant for the shepherds there, but literally because those words came from God. It was a term that really was speaking to mankind in itself because it's announcing the birth of Christ. Here's the reason why. From way back to the beginning of Genesis, fear came into this world. And fear has been something, dealing with something that has been gone throughout the Old Testament as you read along. You find out that fear was the biggest issue that we battled all the way through. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, they were hiding. They were ashamed. They were afraid. And the Lord said, what are you doing? Why are you like that? You can go to many portions of scripture. You find out when Moses was wanting to scope out the new land, he sent out 12 spies. When they came back, two of them came back with a good report. Ten of them came back with a bad report, saying that they were afraid. The land is good, but they were afraid. And because of their fear, they had to roam. It took them three years to get to that point. It took them 37 more years for them to deal with their fear. Before Joshua again, when he was ready to cross over, instead of sending 12, does anybody know the story? How many did he send? How many spies did he send then? Okay, he sent two. I think he learned from the first time. Last time we sent 12, 10 came back negative. Two came back, good report. This time I'm sending two. And when they came back, they said, let's do this. It was awesome because you see, when you battle fear and you deal with it, you're dealing with it in such a way that you understand it's not you who's fighting your battle, but God is fighting for you. Where we find that, and this is from this point forward, okay, this point forward, in the book of Chronicles, we are looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's a story of King Jehoshaphat. I want you to think about this. King Jehoshaphat and everything in his country was going really well. Things were happening and going really good. But all of a sudden, he had somebody that came and gave him a bad report saying, look, in two days, your enemy is going to come from the east and they're going to take over. They heard of the reputation of the enemy, really bad people, and you have two days. Now think about that. The people during the hurricanes in the south, when they said the hurricanes are coming, you have two days to evacuate. The mayor, the governor, people are saying, get out of here, here in the United States. Think about Northern California when those fires came through. It wasn't two days. It literally was 20 minutes. When you're in a situation when you got only so much time to deal with the matter that you're dealing with, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know where to go. And you don't, this is the king, and he's told his nation is going to be gone because these guys are going to take it all. 
he did what he knew to do, and that was to call on God. And he basically had a dialogue with God. And he said, God, there's no way I could deal with this. You're the one that said that you promised me. He started reminding God of his promises. You promised this, and you promised that. And he had this dialogue with God, and God said to him, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand still, be still, and know that I'm God. I want you to put your choir, your worship team. See, some of us think the worship team up here is just to open up services. This is a powerful setting. Before we come into the word of God, before we come into a service, to have worship like this is because of warriors that are going out and setting the tone. Think about that. Where do we get that from? God said, if you're going to battle anything, put the worship team out first. He said, put that worship team out there, and I want that worship team to start singing. And then have your soldiers behind. When they started singing, basically they said this. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Now think about this. Give thanks to the Lord. And the God said that, look, now that you've thanked me ahead of time, you have thanked me for something that's to come. You're going to see me in action. Many times when we get ourselves in trouble and things are falling apart, we go crazy trying to find an answer. And sometimes we get stunned and we stand still and people look at us. What are you doing just standing there? Do something. And yet God is totally opposite. God says, what are you running around trying to do something? Just stand there. Totally opposite. Stand there and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Know that I will take care of this. And in this situation, what did he say? I want you to thank me ahead of time. Thanking God after you get something is called gratitude. When you are thankful because something happened, there's gratification. But when you start thanking God ahead, before it happens, it's called faith. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says it's impossible to please God without faith. You want to please God? You want God in your life in 2019? You want to see God move in a greater way? Start thanking God ahead of time. Yes, thank him afterwards. Please thank him afterwards. God loves when you thank him afterwards. Remember the 10 lepers? He heals 10 lepers. Awful disease. They're so thankful. They all run away, but one comes back and says, thank you. And God acknowledged him, said he was a Samaritan. God loves it when you show gratitude. But even more so, when you're battling something, you're dealing with something, or even this, you know something's coming and you're not ready for it yet. You got family issues. You got a bad report from the doctor. You got relationships breaking up. You got finances. You got creditors. You got issues going on. You got neighbors you're dealing with, people at work, and go on and on and on. When you know you're about to deal with something, it's not fear that we are supposed to get into, but to get in faith. How do I do it? Stand still and start thanking God. Start thanking God to a point where you're just believing so much that it's going to happen. Believing for those things as though they are. Okay, let's take you on a little journey further. Uh, Gideon, remember Gideon, he was afraid of the armies coming in. So much so that he found himself hiding we read in scripture, he was hiding in a wine press. The angel of the Lord came to him and said, rise up, almighty man of valor. Right? He wasn't a mighty man of valor. He was a coward. He was, a, he was down here. 
But God saw in him and spoke into him and said, rise up. And you know who's really good at doing this? Coaches. Anybody here a coach? Ever coached anything before? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. I can't do it, coach. I believe in you, son. I believe in you, mija. You could do this. Come on, get out there and you could do this. Oh, I'll do it for you. Okay. You know, and they get out there and they do it. You rose up something inside them that they couldn't see for themselves. And God is doing the very same thing through his Holy Spirit. When you think, I can't do it, this is dumb. I can't do this. I'm no good. I'm no this. I'm no that. And God says, rise up. Rise up. Be still. Know that I'm God. And what happens in this story with Jehoshaphat? That as the choir sang and the army was there ready, the enemy started killing themselves. They got so confused. They got all distorted. They literally annihilated themselves to the point when they finally looked and all the dust settled, all that was left was all their treasure. They're plundered. Everything was there. The Bible talks about how these guys went and just collected all the goods. They didn't even have to battle themselves because they just said, be still and know that your God is your deliverer. God is your deliverer. I'm looking so excited for you guys because there's some big things that are ready to take place in 2019. As you start thanking God now, you haven't even touched there other than scoping out the land of that new property. You haven't claimed it yet to say first service in the new building. You haven't done that. But I tell you what, you start thanking God right now. You say, God, I thank you. I could see that place filled. I could see those other three acres, buildings being built, other things taking place. I could see outreaches into the community. I could see individuals growing and strengthening. I see families getting healthy. I see relationships bonding. I see these things going on. And God, not only do I see it, but I start thanking you ahead of time for it. The angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Where did we hear that also? In the book of Joshua chapter 1, God said, my servant Moses is dead. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. But be strong and courageous. You got to hear this. Strong and courageous. Those are two polar opposites of each other. You see, strong signifies someone who's got their act together, who crosses the T's and dots the I's, who does the checklist to make sure everything's secure, everything's in budget, everything's all balanced, everything's perfect. That is strong. We're not moving. We're solid. We're good. Books are good. Finances are good. Families are good. Everything's good. That's strong. And a lot of times, those that really don't like to, you know, rock the boat, they go, no, 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 no. Let's just keep it together. Let's just keep it strong. On the other hand, you have another group of people, polar opposite, that are courageous. The courageous people are entrepreneurs. They are ones that step out in faith. They make mistakes like you none other, but they don't care. It's like, oops, that didn't work. And they get up again, and they do it again. They try something else. They try something new. They're courageous. They're ready to go out there and do it. But the problem is many times you got this group of people that are doing all kinds of crazy things, but if they don't have the character and the mindset of a strong person, many times this doesn't work. We do all kinds of stuff, but it just doesn't seem to work. Over here, this people over here, they got some things going on, but nothing's really happening. It's kind of dead. It's kind of, I always say this, if this group was throwing a party, it would be done. You'd have no fun, but it would be done. This party, this group over here, if they were throwing a party, 
oh, you're going to have fun, but nothing will get done. Okay? It's like nothing. It's just like organized chaos. Yeah, but we had a good time. You know, it was a lot of fun. What did he say? Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Look at those two words and apply those two words with be grateful and have faith. See, grateful and strong work together. You're grateful for what you have. You're thankful for what's going on. I thank you, God, for who we are. And we can look at this church and say, God, thank you for what you've brought us through. But my friend, I think it's time at times to walk over here and say, God, I thank you for where we're going. I thank you for what's going to happen. I thank you for what's going to take place. I thank you, God, because we're going to take steps of courage. Because some of you here said, no, pastor, we don't want to leave. We like it here. We don't mind setting up every day. We don't mind coming in here. No, 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 let's not rock the boat. Why are we going to do something different? Let's do something right here. Let's just do, shh, everyone quiet. We like it quiet. No, you got to have both. You got to make sure everything's going good. And you hear, you got to be one. Do not be afraid. That means I got to thank God for what he's done. But I got to thank God ahead of time for where I'm going. You know, it's sometimes hard to explain this to people that don't know the Lord. Because they're battling fear at the moment. I understand that. I've only got a few minutes. I'm going to say this quickly. I totally understand that. My real dad, my real dad and my mom, they had it together. They thought they all were going good, living in the Bay Area. My dad started drinking. He'd hit my mom, beat her so bad. My mom divorces him. My mom remarries. It's my brother and I. My mom remarries, and she marries a guy who didn't graduate high school, thought he could just do it on his own strength, his own merit, thought he had it all together. But his issue was that he was very flirtatious, and he hurt my mom more than my real dad could have because he kept going out on her and cheating. My real dad, he went on his way. My stepdad decided to get involved in organized crime and got involved in drugs and alcohol, got involved so intense with the drug side of it that he ended up getting incarcerated. He got killed in prison. Now, I'm the oldest of five kids living in a one-bedroom house. I hated being the poorest person in a poor neighborhood. You know, when people say, oh, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for me. Look at them. We were always a them. You know, I hated that, man. I hated that. But my mom trying, single mom, five kids, one-bedroom house, trying to make it work, it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. I hated life. There's a lot of pictures of me growing up with no smiles whatsoever because I hated life. I hated what was going on. So I got involved with the guys in the neighborhood. I joined the local group, got involved, lost two of my friends to drive-by shootings and two others to multiple stab wounds. I lost a lot of friends. My grandfather dies in that time period also. He dies cirrhosis of the liver. Our life was falling apart and messing up so bad. There were three things that I was afraid of during that time. One, not enough to eat. Obviously, I don't worry about that now. You see that, right? Okay. I don't worry right now. But back then, it really was, are we going to eat? Second was the guys in the neighborhood. Because we did have a territorial system of gang activity. You don't cross that street. It's changed a lot in the days here. Now everybody's gangs everywhere and there's no boundaries. You don't know what's safe anymore. Don't go over there. Don't go over here. But back then, there were obvious lines. You don't go over there. 
yeah, the store's right there, but I can't go to that store. I got to go to the other one two miles down because that's our store in our neighborhood. It was a weird world. But the third thing that I was afraid of, afraid of the most, was my grandmother, my real dad's mom. She, because my mom divorced him, blamed my mom for everything. And she wanted to get back at my mom, and so she literally got involved in witchcraft. I'm talking hardcore black magic. Now, there's a whole story to that, but I'm telling you right now, when the most scariest thing about your life is your grandma, that's really bad, okay? I'm not talking about her with her slipper or chancla ready to hit you. I'm talking about some weird stuff going on in our home. So much so that in the summer of 1980, there was a man in a church, and this man was not a leader, a pastor. He was not any elder of any kind. He was just a parishioner. He was one attending. And the pastor said, we got to get out of the four walls of this place and go into those neighborhoods and help those kids. to They're killing themselves. we got to do something to get out of those gangs and all that trouble. The nerve of the man. He listened to the pastor. Who does that, right? I mean, he listened to the pastor, and he came into our neighborhood. He came in, and he started helping each one of us. It was that man that led me to the Lord in my living room. And there's about a dozen of us now from my neighborhood that were a part of our little gang that are now full-time ministry. Because of one crazy guy who was willing to come in, you would think he would have been afraid to go into the neighborhood because of the stories and the paper and the news. But he came in, and he loved on us, and he reached out to us. And he helped us to understand this faith that we're talking about. You see, my friend, it's not just about preaching it in the four walls, but to do the very thing that I know you're going to do when you go to your new neighborhood. You're going to walk the streets, you're going to love on those people, and you're going to share with them and let them understand there is a God of faith. There is a God who loves you. There is one who wants to reach out to you and to let you know that you're cared for. God wants to do some great things. So when the angel spoke to the shepherds, do not be afraid. He was going beyond talking to a bunch of shepherds. He was talking to mankind. From this moment on, born unto you, a son of David, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. From this moment on, you don't have to be afraid anymore. Because from this moment on, God, Emmanuel, God with us, God is with you. God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. Before that, I never had power. I, was, I thought I had power being tough in the neighborhood. I wasn't. I thought I had love. I didn't know what love was. A sound mind? Are you crazy? We were taking all the drugs just to hide our pain. But when Christ came in, all three of those things came in too. It's a powerful thing, my friend. I got to just share this last story with you. Is that all right? He said I had two more hours, but I was just like, well, I'm hungry, though. You know, so, here we go. Here we go. The first time I really saw this take place, we, I got saved. I started witnessing to all my friends. But there were guys in my neighborhood that literally, they hated me. Because you're, what's he doing, man? He's ruining everything. Because all the guys that were getting saved now, all of us were reaching people. The two guys didn't like it because we're losing money. You know, there's no more drugs. The guys don't want to do the crime no more. And so I was told, I was witnessing to somebody, there was this huge hedge. 
And behind it, one of the guys had a gun to my head. I didn't see it because of the hedge. And one of my friends stopped him and says, what are you doing? He goes, I hate that punk. Man, he's ruining everything. Well, he took the gun down. He told me later, my friend, he said, you better watch your back, man. These guys are going to come after you. Just don't be alone wherever you're at. Okay? I didn't think nothing of it. In the neighborhood, you're always threatened one way or another. It's like no big deal. But I was coming home from a job working security. I got off the bus. I had to walk only four blocks away. As I was walking home, I was walking this way, I heard some guys laughing and a whistle. In our gang, we had a certain whistle. I don't know if you guys in your gangs, did you ever have? No, never, never mind. Okay. But in ours, we had a certain whistle. We could identify each other. And I heard that. And I go, hey, my friends are coming. As I got closer, I realized it wasn't really my friends. They used to be my friends, but now they saw me and I saw them. I've always been a healthy guy. And so, you know, for me to run, you know, it ain't going to happen. So I did run across the street. Those guys caught up to me very fast. And now they're in front of me. He says, you can't run, you can't run now, you punk. Got you. And I could tell they're drunk. One of the guys used to carry a weapon behind him, and he would hurt a lot of people when he would just connect with them. It was really bad. He says, we got you now. You're ruining everything, you and your Jesus. And I'm standing here. I've only been in church now. We started going to a local church in the neighborhood. I was only in church a couple times, but I remember the pastor saying, if you ever get in trouble, call on the name of Jesus. When you're afraid, call on the name of Jesus. When you're stuck, call on the name of Jesus. I just, that came to mind. And I'm right there facing these two guys. I see this guy's hand going back. He's ready to go and do something to me. And I'm right there, and I just scream out, Jesus! I literally did. I screamed out, Jesus. When I did and I opened my eyes again, these two guys that were standing in front of me took off running. They took off, didn't see him again. Man, I almost wet myself right there. I was so scared. But I called on Jesus like the pastor said. But see, I heard a siren in the background. I thought, well, maybe they saw some cops and they took off. I ran home. I testified in the church with our youth group. Man, I was just about to get jumped and God saved me. Two years later, in a Friday night service, wheelchairs rolling up, one of the guys the other guy had been killed in a gang fight. But one of the guys is coming up. He had been stabbed multiple times. He's now paralyzed from the waist down. He's coming to give his life to the Lord. He comes. I see him. I recognize him. I come and I pray with him. Lead him to the Lord. We pray. We cry. We hug and so on. And afterwards, we take him out. And I'm there. We're sitting at a Denny's. And I talk to him and I say, hey, I'm curious. Two years ago, when you saw me, you saw me that late night. Why did you run? He goes, you mean when you screamed out like a little girl? I go, shut up. I didn't scream out like a girl. Because to me, it was like, Jesus. And to him, it was like, Jesus. You know, I mean, just, it, I, I screamed. Regardless of how it sounded, I screamed. And he goes, when you screamed out like that? I go, yeah. He goes, what are you talking about, man? As soon as you screamed, I don't know where all these dudes came behind you. But you had some backup. There was all these people behind you, all these gang members. I go, there were no gang members behind me. But I remember the, the Bible also said, and the pastor said, when you cry out to God that the angels of the Lord will come and protect you. And I thought about it. I said, oh, man, my angels are homies. 
That is so cool. And so, can you imagine? Come on. Can you imagine? There's Michael the archangel looking at him saying, Orale, let's do this. You know, I'm just like, you don't have to be afraid anymore, my friend. I'm going to encourage you, do not even say, I am afraid. But you could say, I am battling fear. I am dealing with some fear right now. Because when you start claiming, I am, it's like fear one. I am this. I am that. When you start already saying those things, like, okay, it won already. No, but say, you know what? I'm battling sickness. I'm battling this issue. I'm battling these things. But God's going to have the victory. We're going to do this. We're going to go on. And God's going to go forward. My friends, my time is up. God bless you guys. Be strong and courageous. For as God was with Moses, he'll be with you. God bless you. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. I think God wants to speak to us because many of us, I, I believe you're absolutely right. So many of us battle fear and we make decisions based on our fear instead of our faith. And instead of saying, God, I can't wait until I see you redeem my kids, my family, until you, you bring uh, wholeness at my workplace, all those things that I feel like that are going wrong, Lord. I've been putting my faith into fear instead of starting to thank you for what it's going to be. So right now, just, uh, just bow your heads and whatever just comes to mind, whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, what fearful thing are you dealing with today that God wants to say, oh, you think that's the big giant, but I'm telling you, there's a giant behind you. There's a, there's a gang, there's, a, there's a angels behind you that God is for you. If God is for you, who could be against you? I mean it. Don't belittle what God is speaking to you about. Don't make it just some, oh, that's just my feelings. Don't. Man, bring whatever your fear into the, into the just before God and say, this is what I'm dealing with, God. But you're greater. You're greater, God. I'm dealing with my marriage and it's really shaky. But I know that you are greater. I'm dealing with my faith. I know a lot, but I don't know you, God. And that's my fear. But you are greater, God. I pray for the Hill City Church today and all the churches are surrounding Thor and Lord God. I pray, Lord, for men and women and children and teenagers, Lord God, that would be filled with the Spirit of God and would not fear what uh, their friends would say, would not fear what society would say, would stand for you with faith and say that the next generation of Christians will know and love you greater than this generation ever will, that they would have a view of the future where God's kingdom is near, Lord God. Where they're a part of it, Lord God. I pray we don't just pray it, Lord God. Then we go into the neighborhoods and we're a part of it. We go into the workplace, we're a part of it. So we thank you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God is with you. That is the gospel of Jesus, that Jesus, he is with us. I pray for every one of us, Lord God, as we leave this place, Lord God that we have drawn closer to you. We thank you and do not be afraid. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you guys. Man, get to know the person next to you and thank you for being here today.